No, there's a special word for somebody in this house today. Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Why don't we lift our hands again? Just begin to worship him. Continue to worship him. Lord, we praise your name today, God. We love you, our great God. How great you are, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. You are mighty God. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. How great you are. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe we should be in tune to God that wherever we go, wherever we see, we see evidence of God's creation and how he's dealing with it, how he wants us to praise him for all the goodness, everything he's done. Amen. I love uh, that song. How great, how great. He is good. He is great. He is awesome. He is mighty. Do you believe that with all your heart today? I appreciate the opportunity to come and, and speak today. I thank you and I give honor to Pastor Phil today and continue to keep them uh, in your prayers that they just have an awesome time and they get back safely. Amen. It's good uh, that they're out of town, but we do miss them. Amen. All right. Those of you here Thursday night, how many escaped convicts do we have tonight? We got to listen to Brother Arnold, the one and only. Amen. On Thursday night, one of his messages uh, that we watched, and uh, that was great. You see, if you have left the prison of this world and now fully invested in the freedom of God, you are an escaped convict. Sin no longer has you bound. The chains are no longer there. Amen. The key has been turned and the locks have been opened. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's, there's, a, there's a, only one brother, Arnold. I, uh, those of you have been in Florida for a while and across the country probably have heard of him. I had a brother-in-law was just, uh, he, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, when he got saved, he had just just a plethora of magic tricks because he was a magician and he that's all he did and he loved that and all that and so uh, he uh, he got convicted and he threw it all away right and then he started listening to brother Arnold and brother Arnold does he used to do these magic tricks and he also used to be a ventriloquist I can't say that right but the puppet yeah ventriloquist yeah yeah there you go I got don't add that alley I'm not in the book Amen. So I uh, always enjoyed Brother Arnold's uh, message. Uh, today, if you have your Bible, if you would turn. Um, I think he might have mentioned this scripture uh, during that or talked about the story uh, about Nehemiah 1.9. The Bible says in Nehemiah 1.9, but if you turn unto me. All right, that's a key today. I want to turn unto God every day. No matter where I'm at along my walk. I need to continue to turn to him. I need to have God uh, touch my heart. He said, if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though thou 
Uh, there were of you cast out into the uttermost parts of heaven, yet I will gather them from thence and bring them unto the place that I have chosen to sit my name there. I like that scripture because he's going to get us. He's going to take us. He's going to gather us back to the full, back to where we belong. Acts, Acts 3, 19 says this. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. How many wants that in your life? I, I just want them. I want them gone. And when the time, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Today, just for a few moments, I want to talk about being refreshed and restored. Refreshed and restored. What do you need refreshed this morning? What do you need restored? What do you need brought back to you? Where do you need to get back to? What do you need to be put back where it should be in your life? What do you need reinstated to its original place? In our brains and in our minds, because this can go both flesh and spirit, I'm, I'm talking about because God can take care of the flesh. He can take care of your life. Amen. Does your family need to be restored? Does your job, do you have a job situation? Your love for God. Now, I ask these questions. They're not all rhetorical because some of us here have been living for God for a while. Some of us more, more recently. Some of us might never have completely surrendered, but have you ever completely surrendered yourself to God? If you haven't, then before this service is over, you need to completely saturate yourself in God and the things of God, and I guarantee that God will come through. And right before you're seated, I want to do another scripture, 1 Peter 5.10. And the God of all grace, everybody say all grace. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at. His mercy, his grace, it, it's a covering. It will touch your life. Who called you to his internal glory in Christ? After you suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong and make you firm and make you steadfast? Almost two weeks ago, I was driving with my work partner. Him and I were driving somewhere. It'd be just a second. I'm sorry. I'm keeping you up here. I'm so sorry. I just turned around. They're all there still. That's right. I got to get going, right? And uh, he started pouring out some things to me about his life. And he had gone to church. Every once in a while, he sees the streaming video. He goes, email, I need to just, I, I feel like I need to get a, a reset in my life. I need to go back to where I used to go to church faithfully and I used to pray faithfully and, and I need to do that and I need to get back there. And I opened up my iPhone and I opened up my notes for my sermon and I showed him the title, Refreshed and Restored. And he, it blew his mind. He goes, what? I said, I'm, God's impressed me to teach this and, and that's what you need in your life. And, and so we talked a little bit more about that and we've been talking ever since more. But I, I know God has something for someone today. He has, he has a place where you belong. I always say, and I got this from one of my friends, I don't want to be blessed by God. I want to be where he's blessing. That's where I want to be. Wherever you're blessing God, that's where I want to be. You may be seated. Thank you, musicians and praise singers. This is the message we need to take to the world. 
You need to be refreshed and restored in Jesus. So today, before the service is open, across this sanctuary, across this congregation, across these pews, we need to ask God to open our understanding to help us completely surrender to him today. So today is the time. Now is the time to be honest and open-minded about our lives and where we are headed. Because I believe we all have the same, same goal in mind. And where is that? That is heaven. So before, uh, well, not before, but right now, I guess. Everybody here has probably have restored something. I know you probably have restored something. Brother Magama was talking to me before service, and he has a vehicle that uh, he, it probably needs a little restoration in there as well, too, or a little touch-up here and there. So everybody here has most likely restored or refreshed or repaired something at one time or another. Uh, Sister Pearl, Renee, has been uh, restoring some, a dining room set that we got off of Facebook Marketplace. And it didn't look too hot when we went over there, and I told her, you know what, we, we can just for 50 more dollars go down to Naples and pick up uh, there was a one on marketplace and uh, and the uh, so it looked like she said oh it's a new style distressed that's why it looks bad oh no it was dirty but she goes I I see something in that I see something. I can clean that up. I can take it and clean it. And those cushions on those chairs, I can reupholster those. And, he's, and she saw something in that table. I mean, that's not even my notes, but you know where I'm going. God sees something in us. If you have never given your life to him, or if you have given it to him recently, or 30, 40, 50 years ago, God can refresh and restore. So we've all done it, right? A chair, a table, a painting. An anti-submarine rocket launcher. Right? Brother Locke just finished one. Well, guess what I did when I volunteered in the Navy? I restored an anti-submarine rocket launcher. Uh, Joe, you can put that picture up there. We were constantly restoring uh, the inside and outside of this ASRock launcher. And uh, that's it there. That's it. That's how big it was. Uh, we got inside that thing. Each one of those uh, different sections turned up and down, and it opened up, and we had uh, big torpedoes inside there. And so that's what we did. Uh, you can take that off. We don't need to see the Navy today. <laughs> I'm proud, and I'm served. Uh, I, I served the Navy and not the Air Force, so I'm glad about that, <laughs> Brother Buck. I would say it's a little bit like restoring a car. Brother Magamo, but maybe not as big, you know, it's bigger than a car. And uh, it was made up of paint and aluminum and steel. Uh, the salt water would do a number on all these materials, if you can imagine. Uh, you drive in Florida. If any of you ever live near a beach, you know you had to replace your battery every once in a while. You know your, the top of your car uh, gets oxidized. And so we used all kinds of scraping tools to clean the old paint and oxidation off the sides, inside its arms, and even on the pneumatic and the hydraulic lines that went on this thing. We used putty knives and chisels and pneumatic needle guns that like just like that, little needles that uh, took the paint off and the rust off. And we would look work long hours cleaning 
and scraping and painting this thing to make this launcher look the best it possibly could from a distance. <laughs> because we could never get it back to where it was when it was originally created and put on our ship. We could never do it. it you tried in your heart, your hardest you could. We had inspectors come in. They understood that, yeah, there's a line of uh, paint there that we just couldn't get down because of the salt or the oxidation. There's so many analogies that I could go from here. But the one I want to give you right now, I'm just going to say that the only one that can restore your spiritual soul back is Jesus. He's the only one. And he will make it brand new. He'll make it you whole again. He won't just look, it won't look good from a distance. He will get down to your heart, to your soul, to your mind, and he will restore you. There's only one that can give you eternal life, and that is Jesus. The only one who can take you right now as you are, love you and forgive your sins, and completely turn your life around is Jesus. We can look around this room today. If you look around this room, you can clearly see men and women there might be some children here, young and old. We can clearly see. But what we can't see are the things we keep inside ourselves that prevent us from having a complete restoration of our soul. We can't see. I cannot see those. I know what's in my life, and you know what's in your life, but we cannot see them. But God can. And God can help you no matter what that is in your life. And I'm not saying we all have a deep and dark and ugly secret. No, some might have just a past hurt that we haven't gotten over, a grudge that we're holding on to and we won't let go, a fear to take the next step in our lives. Maybe we don't know what to do. Maybe we do we need to move in this place? Do we need to get this apartment? Do we need to move over here? Do we need to take this job? Do we need to get this car? There's a lot of fear in this world and in our lives without Jesus, without him, there is. Some of us might be afraid to ask forgiveness or maybe afraid and embarrassed to forgive. An anxiousness that prevents us from completely surrendering our lives to Jesus. I will tell you that all these things I've mentioned contribute to our inability to completely let go and let God have his way in our lives. All these things prevent us from just having that breakthrough. When we have something in our lives that's preventing us from attaining a complete relationship with God, we need not to hold on to it, but we need to turn everything over to Jesus wholeheartedly. He'll give us our liberty from that. For example, in Psalm 147, uh, P, uh, Paul, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> Peter, not Peter or Paul, but David. Thank God she doesn't have a book for me, right? <laughs> it says this in Psalm uh, 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Amen. What can we not see here today? I can't see your broken heart. 
but God can. I can't see your wounds, but God does. And it's a fact that God's word and his love can help you get through tough times and give you a relationship with him. I'm just trying to be real here today. I'm trying to be plain. I'm trying to be on the street where you live. I'm just trying to go there to be as as plain as possible. 1 Peter 5 says this, verse uh, 7, cast all your cares or your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Philippians 4, 7 says this, that God is the peace that passes all understanding. And that peace from him will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. There is nothing as good as getting into a prayer room, getting at the altar with anxiety or or with pressures of this world and breaking through to that peace of Jesus. All right? That feeling that comes, sweeps over you, and you're like, I can breathe. God, you have it all under control. You're going to take care of my wife. You're going to take care of my husband. You're going to take care of my my child, my daughter, my mother, my father. You're going to take care of these situations. Amen. You're going to take care of my sister in the hospital. You're going to take care of her. God, you are there. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is Peter. Uh, Because... It must be because I keep trying to have him write psalms or something here. I mentioned him at this time but he, because he was a storehouse of different emotions when we read about him. There was the excitement of him jumping out of a boat and walking on the water with Jesus. And although, he, although he only made it a couple seconds, he also felt the agony of defeat when he lost sight of Jesus and began to sink. There were several times where he confronted or he disagreed with Jesus, whether over washing feet or whether or not he was going to deny Jesus. The time he got angry and uh, cut off the ear of a man with his sword. Aren't you glad, Brother Locke, we don't uh, carry swords in church? (laughs) Or out there on the street somewhere, we might have to have some healing services of ears. And there was also the shame of not only denying the Lord, but getting caught in the middle of it. Just like Jesus said he was going to do. You see, according to to today's standards, Peter was just like us. Right? Come on, all those emotions that I just mentioned, angry and excitement and let down and shame and guilt. we, We go through those. That's our flesh. But God had a plan for Peter. A plan that involved a prayer room, an altar, and a message. You see, with all his imperfections and failure, Peter was restored. Sometimes we talk about Peter holding the keys of the kingdom. Peter uh, delivering the, one of the first and greatest sermon, sermon, sermons excuse me, uh, on the day of Pentecost, where he told us how to repent. He told us how to be baptized in the name of Jesus, that we would be filled with the Holy Ghost. We forget sometimes that he was a sinner, and he needed God in his life. He repented, and he asked God for forgiveness and healing for his soul, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Aren't you glad? 
amen, that God fills people with the Holy Ghost. One of the reasons why Peter was able to repent and be refreshed in the Holy Ghost because he recognized his issues. At the very beginning of the church, Peter and the rest of the apostles understood that Jesus was the answer to all our needs. Amen. He was the answer. They needed to get right before the Lord before God could fill them with the Holy Ghost. And so they tarried in that upper room until they were right and they had prayed through and they had repented and they had asked God to touch their lives and fill them with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be a psychiatrist or a spiritual leader to understand that unless you see the issue, the hurt, or the problem in your own life, you can't change it. How many of us have denied so many things in our life, right? We're not going to go there. I'm just going to not, I'm going to pretend like it doesn't happen. And I will go further and say, if you don't recognize it, you can't repent of it either. We already have enough time not wanting to repent from the things we know about, let alone the things where we don't realize what we're doing and we don't recognize and we don't see. And what, what we need to do is exactly that, or we just never will get refreshed and restored. Today, by no means do I want the message here to be focused on what's wrong in our lives. However, I want it to be an opportunity to allow Jesus to take care of those things. As that old song says, give it all to Jesus. Shattered dreams, wounded hearts, and broken joys. We want to allow him to refresh and restore or even possibly begin a relationship with him. Like Peter, we can find other examples in the Bibles of heroes who at one time failed God or were not sure about themselves, but they were able to turn their lives around. You can go to a Christian bookstore or, or on the Internet and find stories about those individuals. And, of course, we know uh, when you look at a lot of them, we know, we, as we mentioned, Peter, we know about David, we know about Moses and how God touched their lives. We also hear, have stories in the Bible of people who were hurting, people that were broken, people that were lost, and people that were, had a physical ailment that God was able to restore them. And if you look at a common denominator in all these situations is that they found God. They found Jesus. They found out where he was, what he's doing, and they made a way. The woman with the issue of blood, she made a way through the crowd just to touch him. And that's what I want to do this morning is to touch him. We also have examples, and I don't want to ever forget this. We have examples sitting in these pews next to us of men and women of God that decided a long time ago, or some of them have even started recently to put their past behind them, to put their faults behind them, and live for God. Aren't you glad for examples? Aren't you glad for holiness examples of our men and women in our lives, our leaders, our friends, our fellow saints? You've heard the coin or the phrase coined a, a family that 
prays together, stays together. Amen. I'm telling you, a church family that prays together stays together. Amen. And if you have a need in your life today, your, pray, your church family will pray for you. They will lift you up in prayer. I, I love hearing prayer requests. One of the things, and I'll be honest with you because I'm flushed. I, sometimes when I find out something happened to somebody and they were there and I didn't know about it, I'm like, oh, I wish I could have because I wanted, I would have loved to pray or visit or do something like that. And, and that's what I think a family's all about. You know what's happened in your family usually, right? The good and the bad and the ugly. We do. We know that. And that's what's so great about church because we can pray for our family members. So not only... Not only do we have those that gave their lives to Jesus that decided long ago and, and recently, but there's also those in here who have failed the Lord themselves and were once like the prodigal son. They left the comfort and salvation of Jesus. And I'm just giving you out there that might be in this situation, I'm giving you a praise report here. It doesn't sound like I'm doing that, but I'm giving you a praise report. Because some of us have left the comfort. At one time, we left the comfort and, and salvation of Jesus to go out into this world to find that there was nothing out there that could compare to the love and the faithfulness of Jesus. I was one of them. In my early uh, relationship with God, I gave it up and I left. And I went out there and I wallowed and I I just rolled in the pigsty, and it was not a good experience, because of all the people. And I and I remember, I remember feeling guilty about all the people that were praying for me, all the families that I had come across since I got saved. And here I am, over in the middle of the Atlantic, crying and boohooing about myself when I knew all I had to do was just come back to God. But I was one of them. But I escaped. I'm an ex-con. Amen. I thank God. We don't know what's preventing you from giving your life to Jesus. And you know what? We don't care. If I can, if I can paraphrase Brother Arnold again, we were once sinners who have escaped the prison of this world, and we do not judge. We don't judge. Whatever your situation is here today, we don't judge. God knows it, and God can help you break through. One of the most difficult things in life to do is to give up control. And I know that's probably only for half of us in this room. The other half, they, there, there are two different kinds of personalities in the world, a couple. Some that like control and some that they don't care. But one of the most important things we can do is give Jesus all control. If there's something that is holding you back, then that's exactly what you need to do to relinquish control of it, to give it to Jesus. And we know that only Jesus can restore and refresh our lives. Amen? And I pray restoration in your life today, right now, in the name of Jesus. And I claim it for you in Jesus' name. Why don't we lift our hands right now? Lord, I love you, God. 
God, I completely, God, Lord, surrender my life and my understanding to you, God. Today, God, I want a change, God, that's here. You are mighty, God. You are amazing, God. Thank you so much, God. Lord, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Praise your holy name. Praise you. You see, we have a lot of uh, phrases coined in in the, the Christian movement like, God will make a way out of no way. God can do the impossible. And you know what? It's true that God can do it. How many has he done something for Amen. in your life? God has pulled you out. He's put your feet right there on solid ground. God will make a way, restored, refreshed. God can rescue you today. You may be somewhere in your life where you think it's so low, but God can restore you from that point and put you back or put you to a new beginning, a new place in your life. David gives us an example of a prayer asking God to restore him in Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. Remember I said about uh, acknowledging what you have in your life and you can't go forward until you do, until you come down to an altar on your knees or if you stand up here after this service is over and say, God, forgive me because this is my mind. This is what I've been thinking. This is what's been holding me back. God, I give it to you. Because it says right there, and my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions. David is telling us to do that. He's saying that's what he did. Verse 12, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Praise God. Musicians, if you would come up this afternoon. If you are here today and do not know where to begin your prayer. Can I invite you today to pray with me in just a few minutes? I do not have all the answers, and I probably won't give you any answers, but I know he who does. Jesus has all the answers. He is the one that can help you. The Bible tells us to repent of our sins. That's asking God to forgive us of the sin or the bad things that we have done and those things that we, we struggle with. If you're here today and you are struggling, if you've never made that step, if, if you've never made that initial step to ask God to forgive you, or if you are here and you've done it before, but there's some things that are in your life that you need to get over, that you need to push through, that you need to have a breakthrough about, today's the day you can repent. The Bible goes on that once we ask forgiveness, those sins can be washed away through the baptism in Jesus' name. When you are baptized in the name of Jesus, your sins are removed. They're cleared. They're cleansed from your life. We have a baptismal tank right back here. And we can baptize you in the name of Jesus. It's simple as that. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, you can be baptized today. I don't care who you are, how old you are, 
amen, in this room today, if you, if you want to, amen, God can touch your life and you can be baptized in the name of Jesus. Another, it's a promise of salvation that was given to us. And there's water here and we can be baptized. Another part of that promise is being filled with the Holy Ghost, with God's Spirit. Acts 2.38 says this, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I know most of us can quote that forwards and backwards in our heads, but that is the essence. That is the uh, summary. That is salvation there, that we need to repent and be baptized. Pastor preached recently about seeing the unseen. We need to get to a place where we have faith to see what God can do in us. Do you see that today? Do you see where God could put you? Do you have a vision in your life? Do you, do you know that you need to live for God? God wants you to see that today. 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let me say right now to you who have never been or never completely given your life to Jesus, and maybe also to those that are, are here that just need your life restored and refreshed. The issues we have in this life are issues because they are seen. We see them, right? We see our problems. We see our hurts. We feel them. We know. We live them. They worry us. They cause us heartaches sometimes. But God wants to do, what he wants to do is to change our focus today. We need to see a life with Jesus that has promises and blessings and reassurances that we have a heavenly, eternal home with him. I believe uh, I, I've been, uh, I think I, I, we weren't here last Sunday or in the Thursday. Before that, I wasn't. But pastor mentioned something about, about and it, it's so true, about this, you, you might not get home today. This could be your last service. This could be it. And I know sometimes we, we, we play like next service, right? Brother Chuck, next service. I'll give my life next service, next prayer, all night prayer service. I will give my life, I will get refreshed and restored the next service. But God doesn't promise us tomorrow. He promises us heaven. If we live for him, he promises us the Holy Ghost. He promises us salvation if we live for him. We need to see life with Jesus. We need to see that. Yes, we sometimes experience difficult times, and we're going to have some difficult times. But we... Uh, but when we are full of Jesus, those times become less difficult. I'm going to say that because I believe that. The, the times that we have in our lives that are difficult, they become less difficult when we have Jesus. When we have a loved one pass away, that makes it on to glory. We 
cry because we miss them, but we rejoice because they're walking streets of gold. When we put Jesus first, the Bible says that he will take care of us. All things are possible. God can restore you. He can refresh your spirit and your life. Amen. That's a good cue there, Sister Pearl. Why don't don't we stand? She's like, hey, maybe it's time for you to get them to stand. So what do you think? Don't you want to allow God just to take complete control of your life? Completely refresh and restore and renew. If you've never been baptized, I invite you today. And I invite all of us to come to the front right now and begin to pray and worship God and to love him. If you want to be prayed with, just come up to the front. We'll pray with you. Hey, man, if you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus, you can be baptized. I'm telling you, there's no need to fear and to worry any longer, to have anxiety any longer. Jesus is life. He's eternity. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Why don't we worship him tonight or today? Lord, we love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Step out of the grave. Break into the wild and don't be afraid. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes. Oh, and run into wide Lord, open spaces. Spaces waiting for Thank you. you and dance like the weight has been lifted. Grace is waiting. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is.